the boom, boom, boom of the Mora machines was still ringing out over the valley. They were still using the gimbal leaves to distract the Mora, but it was only slowing them down. It wasn't stopping them. If they didn't stop the Mora, in just a matter of days, they would already be down, chewing their way through the Vulcan village. The Vulcan elders decided to call a meeting. All the Vulcans met on the village green, and they discussed ideas of how to stop the Mora. Now we know Vulcans aren't brave, and their ideas weren't brave either. But all of them knew that if they were to truly stop the Mora, then something brave must be done. The figure is, said one of the Vulcans, as we all know what needs to be done, one of us has to be brave enough to get the Mora to chase them back through the tunnel, and then the rest of us can block it up from this side. All of the Vulcans looked around, hoping desperately that someone other than themselves would volunteer. After a long, awkward silence, Orin stood up. I'll do it, he said. Arthur stood up closely behind him, and I'm with you. But well, if you're doing it, said Snoz, I'm joining you too. This left Sneers in a horrible situation. Would he stay home, safe in the village, but a little bit left out? Or would he find some courage deep within himself and join his friends? It can't be that difficult, said Oren. All we must do is cover ourselves in gimbal leaves and run through the tunnel. There's a big difference between difficult and scary, said Sniz. You're right, said Oren, and it will be scary. But remember, those machines are not there to get us. They're there to dig and mine. Yes, said Sniz, but don't forget, anything that's strong enough to dig all the way through rock is probably most definitely strong enough to donk us on the head if we're not careful. Yes, said Oren, we do need to be careful. Now, Sneers, are you coming? I'm not sure, said Sneers. I can't make up my mind. I don't want to be left behind, but I also don't want to go near those scary machines. Look, I hope you get ready and I'll see how I feel. Is that okay? Of course it is, Sneers, said Oren. You don't have to come if you don't want to. But I do, but I don't. But I kind of do, but I really, really don't. As they got ready, it was ceremonious. It was like warriors putting on their armour. A group of Vulcans crowded around them, sticking layers and layers of gimbal leaves to them. Oren and Arthur giggled when they saw each other. Just their noses and eyes were showing from the layers of leaves. Snoz looked magnificent. She was like a gleaming golden statue. And Sniz, well, Sniz kept changing his mind. I'll go on then, I'm feeling brave. Stick them on, he'd say. And then shortly after they'd started... Actually, no. No, no, no. I think uh, that I'm actually more useful if I stay here in the village and protect the village, don't you think? But then when they began to take the leaves off again... Actually, I should leave them on because you never know, he suggested. The boys looked at each other and smiled because they knew Sneers was going to come. They knew that Sneers was terrified, but they knew he wouldn't want to be left behind. It took two hours to get ready. But when it was all done, four golden warriors stood in front of the Vulcans. Oren, Arthur, Snoz and Sniz. The afternoon sun shone on them and reflected as bright as the courage that they all had inside. There was a quiet reverence as the four of them walked up the hill. It was interrupted only by Sniz's indecision. 
Now, I'm coming with you and I've got the leaves on and everything, said Sniz. But, like, I might just come and have a look before I get properly involved. You know, it might be best that I come down after all. I'll just see. Okay, Sniz, said Oren. He reached out and took Sniz's hand, and the four of them walked up to the Mora work site. The big Mora machines were clawing and noisy. They had to be very careful not to be seen ahead of time. They had to wait to the perfect moment. Because they were covered in gold head to toe, if the Mora saw them before they were ready, they were getting a complete muddle. Luckily, there was lots of trees on the way up, and they all hid behind one tree, and then, together, ran to the next and hid again. Right on the edge of the worksite, they found a big tree, and they all hid behind it, and scoped out the situation. Right, said Oren. It's simple, really. We just have to get into the tunnel. The most difficult part is to get to the entrance of the tunnel without being spotted. All we have to do is hold a nerve, count to three, and run together. Are you ready, he said. One, two, three. While three of them leapt up and began to run towards the tunnel, Sneers didn't hold his nerve, and he changed his mind, and he began to run back down towards the village. That settles it. I've changed my mind, he said, and he ran away. The thing is, is that the Mora workers looked up, and all they saw was a brilliant golden creature running towards the village. <gasps> they said, and they began to follow him. Stop, Sniz, stop, shouted Oren. They're following you. This was the last thing Sniz wanted to hear, and he turned around to see a sea of Mora workers coming towards him. He panicked and he ran further down the hill. No, Sliz, said Oren. Stay away from the village. Keep the Mora away from the village. He was so frightened he couldn't think. His body did the thinking for him and he leapt with all his might right into a very big bramble thicket. Ow! Oh! Oh! My bottom! He squeaked, landing amongst the thorns. The Mora walked towards him until they were all crowding around the thicket in which he was hiding. They couldn't see him anymore, for the brambles he had landed in were thick and dense. Sniz, however, could see them through a tiny little gap. He watched as they sniffed the air as though they were smelling for gold. Although it was unfortunate that Sniz had been spotted, in one way it was kind of helpful. The entrance to the tunnel lay completely unguarded, and Oren and Arthur and Snoz could walk right up to it. They looked down to see the Mora still crowding around Sniz's bush, and they knew they had to do something. So the three of them made themselves visible and jumped up and down, shouting as loud as they could. Now remember, we don't know if the Mora can hear, but that amount of gold glinting in the afternoon sun turned their heads in an instant. The crowd of Mora walked up the hill. Ah, <sighs> arms outstretched towards the three. And just as the Mora were approaching them, Sneers jumped out of the bramble thicket and shouted to his friend, OK, I've changed my mind, I'm coming, I'm definitely coming, he said. Wait for me. Their plan had been so perfect, but now in this last minute they knew they couldn't leave their friend and they had to do something. The tree, said Oren, and the three of them scrambled up the tree that they had been hiding behind at the beginning. The Mora came and surrounded their tree and they pawed at the bark. 
It was an unsettling sight to look down at these tall, slender creatures clawing their way at the tree below them, their dull yellow eyes staring up. They tried shaking the tree, but the tree was strong. And then, then the Mora walked away. For a short pause, the three of them were relieved, only to be filled with greater terror than before. The familiar rumbling of their machines started up, and the machines started to drive towards the tree. Sniz, said Oren, do something, they're going to knock the tree down. The machine drove straight towards the tree. And then Sneers, in his panic, picked up stones and started throwing them at the Mora. Hey, look at me, you! Hey, you get away from my friends! You look at me! You look at me! He said. Now we're not sure if the Mora can hear, but we believe that they can feel. Because they turned around and they looked at Sneers. <sighs> they said. And their focus turned from those in the tree to Sneers, glowing brilliantly in the afternoon. Sniz panicked. He knew they were following him and he didn't quite know what to do, so he ran zigzags into the front of the tunnel. With the Mora following Sniz, Oren, Arthur and Snoz scrambled down the tree and before the entrance to the tunnel was filled with Mora, they had rushed past and caught up with Sniz. There wasn't time to stop and there wasn't time to discuss. The four of them ran into the darkness with the Mora close behind. It's dark in here, said Sniz. It is. Let's all hold hands, said Arthur, and the four of them held hands, but they didn't stop running. It wasn't long before they heard the rumbling of the machines entering the tunnel. The Mora were much bigger than Oren and Arthur, and two of their steps was like one of the Mora. It wasn't long before they could hear their panting right behind them. They gripped each other's hands and ran blindly down the tunnel. But then something happened. Snoz tripped up, and her hand broke away from Sniz's. Oh no, it's Snoz! She's fallen down, said Sniz. What do we do, said Oren. He knew that if they stopped now, then it would all be over. The Mora would know they were being tricked, and they'd return to working on the work site. Then, through the darkness, they heard a sound. They're picking me up, said Snoz. Oh, ah! Stop it! Oh, ah! Oh, you're tickling me! Stop it! She said. In a split second, they realised she wasn't in danger. Are you okay, Snoz? asked Oren. Yeah, I'm fine. They're just a bit tickly. They're taking all the leaves off. What should we do? Go, she said. Go, go. Stop it. They're already losing interest. They can see it's not gold. Although it was against everything that they had ever been taught and ever felt inside them, the three of them had to make the decision. Should they stop and let it all be over and wait for Snarls, or should they run and save the Vulcan village? They could hear she was safe, and so they chose to run. Go back to the village, Snarls, said Oren. Tell the others to block up the entrance to the hole. But if I do that, then you'll be stuck, she said. We'll find a way, said Oren. Just do it. Go to the village and tell them to block it up. Promise me. Okay, she said. I hope you know what I'm talking about, said Sniz. Doesn't sound like a very good plan to me. Suddenly they could see light at the end of the tunnel. A faint light, but light all the while. They gripped each other's hands and they ran towards it. The light led them out to the other side. And when they got to the other side, although they were glad to be in the open, nothing quite prepared them for the sight they met. As far as the eye could see was destroyed sooty landscape, not a living thing in sight. 
There was so much smoke in the air that it felt like it was getting dark. Which way? Which way? said Arthur. He could hear the Mora coming up behind them. There, said Oren, and he pointed to a muddy, polluted river that ran through the valley. The three of them ran down towards it, and when they got to the river, Oren had a plan. Okay, he said. Take off your gimbal leaves and put them into the river. They took off their golden gimbal leaves and they put them all into the river. The water was black and murky, and the golden leaves shone brightly on its backdrop. Then the three of them went and hid behind some rocks and a burnt-out tree stump. <sighs> they heard the Mora scrambling down the hill, their arms outstretched. The Mora spotted all of the golden leaves in the murky river, and they followed them. They followed them all the way back along the river, to the billowing factories they could see in the distance. Well, said Oren. That takes care of them for a while. I can't believe we did it, said Sniz. We really did it. We did, said Arthur. And you, dear Sniz, are truly brave.